Hey, yo, Internets, man, I'm really proud and happy to announce this. Title presents Title X, Port of Miami's 10th anniversary, in which Rick Ross celebrates the 10th anniversary of Port of Miami with a live stream performance exclusively on where else? Title. Global music and entertainment platform Title will live stream a special performance from Maybach Music Group boss Rick Ross in honor of the 10th anniversary of his debut album, Port of Miami. The performance will be streamed for all fans on Title.com Live from where else? The Port of Miami in Miami, Florida. The live stream will be available for both members and non-members alike on Tidal.com slash US slash Rick Ross. You don't have to be subscribed to Tidal to see this amazing performance. This performance will take place Monday, August 29th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hip-hop heavyweight Rick Ross, a.k.a. Ricky Rose, has four number one albums under his belt and most recently set a high-water mark when he released three consecutive full-length studio albums in less than two years, Hood Billionaire and Mastermind in 2014 and Black Market in 2015. Following the release of eight Ocho studio albums, Rick Ross is celebrating the 10th anniversary of his debut album, Port of Miami. This past year alone, Tidal has hosted exclusive content and events from Kanye West, Beyonce, Rihanna, Usher, Yandel, Nick Jonas, Lil Wayne, Keith Urban, and more, solidifying the platform as the go-to destination to connect fans to their favorite artists. But on Monday, August 29th, that's Lunes, right? Lunes, Monday is Lunes, right? On Monday, August 29th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Rick Ross, the boss, takes you back to the magic of Port of Miami. Once again, internets, you do not have to be subscribed to Tidal. All you got to do is go to Tidal.com slash US slash Rick Ross. Stop playing around and watch the boss like a boss. Yo, internets, we assisting to push the culture forward. The signature fade with the bevel blade. Y'all hear this? Y'all hear this, internets? Y'all hear this motherfucking lightsaber I got in my hand right now? Now I'm gonna tell y'all about it in a little, in a little bit. I'm just a little amped right now. Y'all are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. What's up, A King? Throwing up them dubs tonight, baby. Word dubs. Throwing up the dubs. Oh man, we giving a lot of. Love to the West Coast. Man, so much. Yo, so listen, much love. first and foremost, man, I got to shout out um, our super sponsor, man, for this Combat Jack live tour, man. Experience Acid, Acid, Cigarillos, man. They've been in the cut pushing this tour, you know, as we push the, the culture forward, man. Just came back from ATL. Um, got a couple of more dates coming up. We'll let y'all know, man. But um, once again, man, shout out to acid man y'all got to get that experience acid experience um also want to uh announce you know i've said it on social media i'm really excited but it's official yo um i'm now signed on to sirius xm i got a weekly show on backspin it's called backstory with combat jack man where you know i sit down with with legends you know and talk about you know the journey man and and, and where they came from you know the same kind of shit that we do here on the Combat Jack show, but it's, you know, it's on, it's on satellite, man. And I, and I appreciate, you know, some of you listeners that are coming up, man, and saying that, you know, y'all are subscribing to, to, to Sirius just to listen to the show, man. You know, I fucks with you 
and I'm glad that you fucks with us, man. Man, I, I I'm kind of speechless, man, because I I anticipated, you know, one royalty figure in the building. We got two, and it's we got three kings in the building. First and foremost, we got three kings. We uh, king, king, what's up, man? What up? What's going on, man? Why you said three kings? It's four kings in here, man. What you mean? It's four kings. It's five. I mean, really, but I mean, four, I mean, know, I mean, but I'm mic. saying. I'm saying, like, literally, with regard to the name King. Indeed. King, don't fuck with me right now, my nigga. Right? I'm just making sure you focus, man. I'm so focused right now. I mean, I've been... That I've, cup it, is looking crazy. Listen, internet, this motherfucker is snitching on me. Y'all know I don't I drink or what. smoke when I record, but I'm just feeling great right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's been a great year. It's been a great summer. You nigga been stressed out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, with, with, with pain comes joy. With joy mm. comes pain, you know what I'm saying? It's, nigga, why are you in my motherfucking cup? I want you gonna write a book about what? Your journey, man. Book these nuts, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, listen, internet, man. Let's welcome to the Combat Jack Show, man. The boss of the West, man, mm. Mister King Crooked. What up? What Crooked up? eyes in the building. How y'all doing? Man? And he 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 bought a friend along, man. Yo, I can't. You know, like, like, like this man right here. You kind of you created like the blueprint for why we all do this shit, man. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You you really did, man. We got King Tech in the building, man. DJ King Tech, world famous wake well, up show. Yo, man, listen. Even how you just came on was so professional. What's <laughs> <laughs> side? What's up, y'all? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How y'all doing, man? Doing good, man. First of all, I want to, you know what I'm saying, congratulate you, man, on your on your new venture, man. Thank you. Much success and love, man. You know what I'm saying? We've been looking out for that. We'll definitely be looking out for that. Thank you, man. I had the opportunity to meet you for the first time a couple of weeks ago in L.A., man. Word up. Um, At a pool party, man. Pool party. A pool party, <laughs> man. Is, is L.A. always so chill like that, man? Yeah, man. We just be chilling, bro. You man, know what I'm saying? Y'all had the women out there. Mm. Yeah. The clouds was out. The smoke clouds was yeah. out there. It was a beautiful day. Cheeks and clouds. Oh, my. A little fight, a little scuffle did break out, but it didn't. It didn't. It didn't fuck up the whole situation, man. I was out by the end. <laughs> See, I got a radar for that. Oh, word. Yeah, I know when to be out. <laughs> you, got, you got the antenna. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, I'm gone. Yo, man, I'm really <laughs> thinking about relocating to, 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 to the West Coast. Come on, man. come on down, man. Man, it's so com- it seems so comfortable, man. New York is so tight right now, and I'm not shitting on my city. It's just so tight right now. Yeah, it's a lot of elbow room out west, man. Yes, man. You know what I'm saying nice green grass. Yes, temperature don't change much. Yes, you know what man. I'm Yes, yes. One thing I got to shout out to TK. I ran into TK. I'm saying an OG from Brooklyn that's that's doing this thing out in the West Coast, man. Shout out to you, man. Um, Listen, man, I know people have asked you this before and and, and you probably get tired and why people get confused with is it is it is it King Crooked or is it Crooked Eye? Like what a change, man. Uh, It's just a life thing. It ain't really got nothing to do with hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to let the universe know that you know where you stand. You know what I'm saying? So it was just me evolving um, mentally and spiritually more than anything having to do with music. Yo, you've been in the game for over 20 years now? Yeah. Wow. 20 yeah. years. 20 years. And, 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 and you've been in the game for how long? Man, about 28. 28. So you're going on 30. Yeah, I'm close to 30. Um, are y'all still in love with this shit? I mean, yes and no. I don't like the way some of the stuff is headed. You know what I mean? I don't like a lot of stuff that's on the radio. But like you said, man, I've been in radio so long, I knew that some changes were going to come. 
And it hurts. Sometimes it hurts because I was there early, early, early on. You know, when Rocksteady was being formed, I knew Buck Four. I know Ken Swift. And they used to come to the Bay, and we used to put it down. They used to have respect for us. You know what I mean? So going forward, I was like, damn, if I get involved in this, man, I'm going to treat it like, you know, a Muslim going to Mecca. I'm going right. to respect hip-hop till I die. Right? So when we started the wake-up show, that's how I felt about it. Right? I didn't even know New York radio wasn't happening. You didn't. You thought we I, didn't, I thought y'all was still popping. No. So 1989, 1990, you know, when the Wake Up Show started, man, within four to five months, we had Red Alert, um, who's main source, mm -hmm. Pete Rock. These guys started coming knocking on the door, and you know, it came on San Fran, and they were like, "Yo, what are y'all doing?" Because man? The, the difference was y'all were a 24 hour. Yeah, it was radio a commercial. Format. Yeah, nobody knew hip hop had kind of slowed down. And see, they, okay, let me. I don't want. See, we didn't have the twenty four hour format. We still had like slots, like the weekend slots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when we put it down, we didn't even know. We just let, and then Carrie's one came to Swain I's crib in like nineteen ninety eight, and when we were telling him the story, he, he stopped me. He said, "Listen, dude, y'all didn't just because we thought we were just you know extending the fire, right?" Like, y'all did everything, and we just wanted to pay respect to New York. You know, the Latin rascals, the guys I looked up to, these are names that most people don't even know who the hell I'm talking of course, about. Of course. You know what I mean? But these are like legends in New York, right? Karis One was like, nah, dude, the fire was dying. We were looking where to go, and they were like, everybody's taught, taught, you know, saying, go to the West Coast. Right. So when they came to KML, they were like blown away. They but, were like, but you know that, that, that your blueprint, the KML blueprint, Right. Is what was taken and what was used absolutely to, to, to create the, this whole Hot ninety seven format. Absolutely, man. The guy that, that I mean, I don't want to say stole it, um, but when we came on KML, man, I was I was the rebel of the of radio. Like the first mix I ever did, they told me to play Janet Jackson, BBD, yeah. and everything. And, and I was on BBD I, was hip hop enough for them or hip hop enough? Yeah, that, that was that was hip hop I back then. Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and what happened was, and I think Dan Charnas put this in his book, The Big Payback, because I never told the story. Um, and what happened was, when I won the DJ contest, it was $1,000 first prize. And the guy came here, was like, look, man, you know, and Run DMC was in the house that night. They were like, man, whoever that kid was, you got to bring him back on the radio. I was just, again, paying tribute to the OGs before right. me. I didn't think of myself as nothing special. I went to go get $1,000 from KML. They were like, hey, man, you're also supposed to do a mix and I'm like, ah, oh, man, hey, man, just give me the G. Me and Sway want to go in the studio. And, you know, and they were like, no, man, it's a, it's an honor for you to do a mix. I was like, well, what do y'all play? And they were like, you know, you got some Janet Jackson, some BBD. And some exactly this, that somebody. voice. Come on. Exactly. Man. You know, da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, man, I'll think about it. And then I went home and uh, the guy named Dandy Automator was also in the bay coming up. A guy named Dandy Automator. Dandy Automator. Like Dandy Automator. Dandy fucking Automator. Dandy Automator. We all looked up to a guy named um, Mantronics. Mantronics. Mantronics was, was Mantronics. like our, was our hero. Man, right. for those of y'all don't know, Mantronics is one of the greatest producers of all yes. time, yes. man. Yes. Like, he's just. So anyway, that's another story, man. So what happened was um, I went home. I got barred his reel-to-reel. -reel, then I went home, put something together. This one, you had to splice tape and everything. And I went, I said, like, you know what? I'm going to do me, man. I went straight hip-hop. I'm talking like, why, um, what was it, man? I Jackson sister. See, I'm an ex-B-boy. So I had, my collection was so big, I would go into break records and everything. And I purposely showed up to the station late enough where they couldn't review it. Right. So I went on the so air. They were supposed to go on whole, 10 o'clock. Like you, you hijacked the whole thing. I was supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. I showed up at 
Um, that was supposed to be at 10 a.m. I showed up at 9.50 p.m. when the mix was supposed to go on at 10 p.m. Right. And the guy starts screaming at me like, yo, what are you doing, man? But they've been announcing me all day, so now they have to play it. Right. So they start playing it. I get in my mom's – I mean, I get to my car. I, I live in San Fran. I'm driving to San Jose listening to this. And it, re- like, it felt like the, the – the, you know when they say the, the, um, that famous hit around the world, boom, you felt it? Yeah. I felt like hip-hop just exploded that night. I'm driving, and I'm like, man, I never thought I'd hear this on regular radio. And when I got home, my mom was like, yo, the PD's on the phone. So I'm thinking, oh, give me give my props, man. Let me get, I grabbed the phone, and he was like, yo, can you curse here? Yes, of course. He was like, yo, what the fuck was that, man? I was like, you, what, you, you liked it? He's like, you played Minister Farrakhan on motherfucking commercial radio? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? I was like, I thought it would be dope. He was talking about brothers in jail, and 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 Chuck D says, Farrakhan's a brother, and I think you ought to listen to." So I was like, I listened to him. I thought the guy was dope. So did you have some audio of Farrakhan in the mix? In the mix, I did. Wow. Man, listen. For those of you who don't know, man, um, the Latin Rascals was was like the geniuses of four track mixing on New York radio in the mid '80s. They had put out a couple of records that I bought in the Bay. They were so incredible to me, man. That I was like, if I'm ever gonna do a mix on radio, I'm gonna outdo them. Right. So my thing was, yeah, I how mean, long did it take you to put that mix together, man? I mean, 24. I mean, it took me seven days, but I never slept. Right. Every five seconds, it was like, pump me up, pump me up, pump me up. You knew this was your shot. I mean, I was just, I was like, man, this is this is who I am. You know what I mean? Me and Sway been grinding for a few years. I'm like, yo, let me get a shot at this. Right. And uh, but he was so angry. This is a Tuesday night. He was so angry at me, man. I mean, this this is the history of how hip hop radio changed in America. Right. right. So he's angry at you. He's He's angry. He's screaming at you. He's cursing at you. But what happens? So Tuesday night, I'm like, well, and the last thing he said was, you're fired. And I said, I didn't know I was hired, man. Like this. (laughs) So I laughed it off. I called Sway. I was like, yo, this dude just called and fired me, man. Fuck it. We got the G. We just go to the studio. Of course. This is Tuesday night. Wednesday goes by, nothing happens. Thursday night, my mom says, you know, um, he's on the phone. The Who's P- on the phone? The, the PD's on the phone. And I grabbed the phone. He's like, hey, man, hey, I'm sorry for, you know, getting angry the other night. <laughs> and I want to talk to you, man. Um, can you come by the station tomorrow? We want to talk to you, man. I'm like 18, 19 years old. When somebody curses you out like that, like, when I'm my you, era, yeah. They want to fight you. Like, if I came to you, and you know, 18, I'm like, what the fuck? Da, da, da. Next, and I, then I say, I want to see you. You think it's going to be on, right? Yeah. So I took my nunchucks, put it in my backpack. <laughs> this is a true story. Homemade or, or store No, 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 man. I used to take martial arts. So I really? had the, the octagon ones with me. I so you were doing nice with the nunchucks? Oh, I'm not, man. That's a whole different story, man. But, you yeah. can make them. No, yeah. I take about four guys on at once. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put it in a Jansport backpack, went to the um, KML, and I just kind of put it right next to me. And I was just sitting up, and the guy was being really nice. He was like, hey, man, I just want to say sorry for what happened, man, but um, we want to offer you a job. A job. Now, had you had a job before? Um. Yeah, man. Like Domino's Pizza delivering pizza with the nunchucks. I don't get jumped. That's another whole different that's story, that man. Bay, that's that Bay Area. That's huh? that Bay Area. The Bay Area was was tough, man. Yeah, like, man like, with the see, that's the thing, man. A lot of people think that Sway's like some soft cat, man. And I and I heard some, you know, New York cats challenge him here and there. And over the years, we start laughing. We how, start did, laughing. How, did, how did you meet Sway, man? 
So, well, let me finish this. Okay. Let me finish this Sorry. story because um, I don't wait. I don't want to take up. This is quickest man, time. Man. Listen, I just can't. I'm not hey, hanging yo, with him, man. man. We about to jump you in. You know the what? This this just sounded like Crush Groove too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just listening to it, but imagining. This you is the birth saying? of uh, hip hop radio, man. Russell Simmons on the plane going to the West Coast. I gotta meet these new kids. Listen, man, <laughs> without, without y'all, they wouldn't be us, man. So, so, so this is definitely an honor, man. This is thank you, man. Thank you. So yeah, the guy offered me a job, and I said, "Offered the job? Why, man?" And he opened this drawer and he put a stack of mail on the table he goes man I, we never had a dj get fan mail whatever you did man do it again and that gave me the license to go Shh, i'm gonna play cool g rap talk like sex i'm gonna play you know this i'm gonna play this and so every tuesday night for about nine months man it was the craziest tribute to the latin rascals my my heroes every tuesday everybody in the bay area had these tapes right. everybody the one day the guy just asked me, he's like, hey, man, what's next for you, man? I was like, man, I got, you know, my, my partner Sway, man. He got the voice. You know, I, I think we should do is we should do somewhere I could play the records and he could actually talk about it. Right. That's why it's called the Wake Up Show, because I felt, you know, the people were sleeping on great hip hop, similar to what's going on now. Right. And the world needs to wake up to great hip hop. So. It wasn't the greatest name, but that's what I could come up with. At the, at the, you know, you know, like it, it you know worked. what? It worked. It worked. It, you know what I mean? And and um, next thing you know, man, the the like I said, when that started, we didn't even know what the hell we were doing, man. I mean, you know, isn't um, that the best though? When you don't know what the fuck you're doing, and no. you're doing it because you love it, because we love and it, you're changing the world. But we didn't know, man. Right. We were just we thought the Bay Area was the world at that right. time, so we just doing it. And next thing you know, man, like. You know, Jay-Z's outside, then Lauren Hill's outside. Right. Then, I mean, when I say outside, I mean, like, think about, like, Dos Effects early on. And then we start to make our own records. And I never That's forget. Because you guys had a couple of record deals, right? <sighs> Man, we did this um, record called Unsolved Mr. Me that we did in the Bay Area. So we brought a kid out of the Bronx to the Bay, produced him, made a thousand copies. Sway came out and passed it out in the Bronx only where he lived. Mm. About 10 years ago, I get a call from Q-Tip. He was like, hey, Tech, man, I got to ask you a favor, man. You know, my house burnt down. Something sat, right. lost my collection. I need that record that saved New York. But record saved New York? He goes, man, the shit y'all did in 1993. He said, man, that sparked every <laughs> producer on what the hell we, because the beat was the first time we used the boom, boom, pot, the boom, boom, pot, the boom, boom, pot. He said, everybody was like, where's this record from? And we were looking all city productions and they had the, you know, Bay Area number. So we didn't know, man. We didn't know what exactly. We just loved hip hop. And, and for me to see some of it that's so jacked up now. Well, do you, and, think, you, um, think, you think that because because you what I'm getting is you said that you approach this this game with so much respect. Absolutely. Right. Do you think cats in the game are being so disrespectful of the game or they're doing what's. What's prevalent of their age right now? Disrespect, in my, my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think, like, man. Like, give, give me an example. We don't necessarily have so, to. So, so let's yeah. say, you know, so I'm, I'm like, when, when I was real young, man, like, as soon as I started falling in love with hip hop, I was like, you know what? I need to find out who started this. Right. I need to find out who these guys were. Right. So I went out there, like, okay, so who's, who's before me? Right. Man, you gotta check out Run DMC. You know, two years ago, friend, okay, okay, but somebody was before them? Somebody for who? Grandmaster Cass, okay, let me buy that record. And he's like, I was like, damn, 
wait a minute, what's Wild Style? I got to go check this out. I got to see that movie. Okay, then the Star Wars. I got to check this out. Master Cat. Who is, who is Rocksteady Crew? Right. Who is Dynamic Rockers? Who are they all? So next thing I know, man, I was like, man, I'm in love with it. And I, you know, and, and I was one of the best poppers in the right. Bay Area at the time but when, when B-Boy was out. Do you think that it was because, uh, you know, it was no internet back then? Exactly. And it wasn't a bunch of oversaturation. Of information, like information. you had to look for information, or right. you'd be sitting there fucking staring at the wall. Well, I mean, you know, once you look, and I'm not making an excuse. Right. I'm just playing devil's advocate, like 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 Crooked said. Like when I was coming up, I had to feed my mind and my thirst mm -hmm. for the culture. So I had to pick up magazines, I had to pick up books, I had to go to the store every week to wait for the record to drop, not knowing when the record would drop. But now. It's a kid, a kid just picks up his phone and they're just getting hit in the head. It's not all his fault, though. It's right. not all his fault. So I'm gonna tell y'all what happened because right. I was there. You know, I don't want to give it all away. Right. You know, but the tr the truth is, man, that when we was coming up, all of us would add something to the pile. Like I'm gonna come into hip hop, I'm gonna add this to it. So right. we built a mountain, right? Mm -hmm. And it was huge, man. 94, 95, 96. These cats was eating big. There was a new dope artist every week. Bam, bam, coming on the wake up show. Then I started to look around. I saw cats digging into the culture and taking out of it. So the mountain was, you know, these tunnels were coming in of dudes that was raping the culture. The culture. Right. But I was like, man, there's not enough of them to do anything. Right around 99, 2000, mm. the mountain was like shaking. Boom! It started to fall, right? And um, i never forget, man, to be like 1999, 2000. They were like, hey, man, um, we talked to y'all. What's up? They were like, you guys going to have to start playing some of these records that uh, we play on the playlist. So, man, the Wake Up Show has been number one for nine years in a row. Saturday night, four hours of unknown hip-hop. Like, no nobody knows it. And we got to add your record. And I'll never forget this, man. We didn't even play. This internet was still kind of new. We played a Jay-Z record, right? I don't remember which one it was. But it was like one of his hip-hopest one. Man, the message room forum, whatever it was, it was like they selling out. This is so. This is da, da, da. a Jay Z record, and they said we were selling out. Like so, I went back to the people. I was like, "Listen, man, we tried it. Just let us do us." And they said, "Man, I can't because it's being bought out like right. real estate." Like the, See what the happened, format, man? The P, the, what do you call them? The PP, PPMs. PPMs. Yeah. Yeah. The format was changing. People was had to get instant ratings, and radio was starting to be bought out. Right. By time. See if you treat. Our art form, like real estate, it won't work. In other words, it's like I'm selling it to the highest bidder, right? Forget that he's got the best record out, right? I got land to sell. You come to me and say, hey, man, I got $80,000 for that space. He says he got $10, but he got the better record. Hmm. If I sell it to you, I'm doing the, uh, the culture a disservice. Service, right. So now those kids listening, they start thinking, what you what you doing is hot because I'm King Tech banging your record. Right. They don't know about the eighty thousand dollar real estate sale that happened. Right. But the cats that really know are like, what happened to Crooked's record? Right. So mm. I mean, I don't want to start putting people on blast. If I start talking, cats are going to jail, man. So I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm some, not. Some ca but some cats do need to go to jail, though. Mm. A lot of some, but some cats but need to go to jail. Days, man. Thirty days or, or man, I'm, I'm, I'm not the judge, man. But I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying, yeah, they're gonna yeah, go take me if I do something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man, I swear to God, man, when spread some, that there, around. there's times when we would walk in Sway and I walk in the radio station, it would just get silent. Yeah. Now, how did how did you yeah. meet Sway, man? Oh, so Sway, so um, right around '84, '85, '86, I was with this cat named Alski, 
and uh, we had a group called Flynamic Force, and we would kill them. Flynamic ba- Force. Flynamic Force. Dance it was, group. Dance group. We were B-Boys. B-Boys. And um, we was we was like rock steady. He would, you know, give us. Uh, my mentor was Buck Four. For those of y'all know that he was the go- one that did the crawls on B Street. Okay. So I used to contact him in, in, the, in uh, Manhattan. It's a movie, Internets. Go see fucking B Street. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go you know, see B Street. B Street was like classic to me. I met that guy. I, mean, I got a crazy spit, story with him. Spit. Yeah. Spit. <laughs> so he... Um, when I when Rocksteady came to the Bay, man, like I just sat next to Buck Four and I was like, "Hey, bro, we sitting at a restaurant." And I was like, "Hey, man, uh, I think they spit up your part in B Street so you can crawl faster." He was like, "Get the fuck out of here, man!" He moves all the tables back, and he does a right in front of me, bah, 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 bah. and he was flying, man. I, I just go and want to see it, you know. Right. And he stops and goes, "Man, what the fuck you do?" I mean, I just did that shit for you. Who are you? I could not be boy like that at that time, right. but I could pop my ass off. My boy threw on. Um, all the noise beatbox. Yes. Boom, pa, boom, boom, pa. I swear to God, man, there was a, a table in front of me, and I 3D'd over the table. Boom, pa, boom, boom. And I, and I went over it. The dude said, oh, shit. Because you, cause, cause, cause my impression is that the cats from the West Coast really mastered the whole pop style. Uh, absolutely. Pop absolutely. Style, it right? came pop. from the West Coast. Right. It started with some yeah. cats in Fresno. The cats in Fresno, some came to the Bay and some went to L.A. L.A. had a different style, which was they dropped their elbows. Right. The guy like that, the bouncy type yeah, of thing that the you guy, would see on, on Soul Train. The guys in the Bay, we actually didn't drop elbows. We actually had to hit. So you, even if you're sitting down, you have to be like, boom, bam, bam. Your neck had to, you know, mm. you have to be like that. And so for me, I was 3Ding over the table. He starts yelling Crazy Legs' name. They run over and everybody's just frozen at what I'm doing. They're like, dude, who the fuck is this dude? So now you're performing in cats that in front of cats that you looked up to. Oh man, I got pictures with them every so they, they every time they came to the bay, they was like, Yo, where's that kid tech at, man? Where's that kid? You know, but we didn't know cell phones. I was like fourteen years old. Of course, old, man. of course. So B Boy starts to die in around eighty five, eighty six, and um nobody if y'all seen uh, cocaine cowboys. The, lean, uh, the main lady winds up going to jail in Sacramento. So she starts bringing a bunch of coke and crack to the bay. So by 86, 87, man, the cast you were hanging with, man, either you had a regular job. For me, I got a dance scholarship from Francis Ford Coppola's brother. His name was August Coppola, who saw me dance and was like, when you graduate, Frisco State, we got That's you. That's crazy. And I got a scholarship for B-Boying. That's which, crazy. You know, That's crazy. But it's the, crazy how this culture, how far this culture takes you, man. Absolutely. But, but going man. back to, to to how you met Swain. So then, so then, all the homies that was down with us was either was making two G's an hour, or they were just like, "Yo, man, you know, um, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna get a nine to five. So most of them went down, and then finally, um, Sway was in a group with some cats in Oakland, and my boy Al Ski was like, "Hey, man." This dude, Tech, man, he's, he DJs a little bit. Why don't we call him? I was living in South Hayward, California, and I, and I went to meet them. And I was so new to it, but I was like, man, he got a voice. He got the whole thing, man. I was like, man, this cat's dope. I invited so he was, all. He was spitting? He was spitting. He was like, you know, but at that time, LL was in. So everybody was doing, you know, you know that, that style. Motivator, dominator. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Rock the Bells. You Remember, know, yeah, like yeah. the original Rock the Bells. Polysyllabic, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, what was exactly. I saying to you earlier, man? Uh, what's that piece? How you like me now? Yeah, yeah. I'm getting busier. I'm Jack double plotting. I'm watching you get busier. And, uh, Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, man. So um, so then what happened, man, was every time we had a little session at my, at my mom's crib in, in South Hayward, Sway was the only one that would show up. 
And I started saying, I was like, where's our, where's the other cast? So by the fourth, fifth one, we realized that it's just me and him, right? right. So then everybody, and then we made a couple of demos, and then all of a sudden all this, um, you know, outside money came in and said, hey, man, y'all want 50? You want 60? To do a record? And then 60, and I was, we was like, you know what, man? We got to do a spiritual moment right now, man. We either got to grind us out. So, so young, you guys are young kids. Young kids, man. So I go to grinding home, it out. Gr- you so get you getting offers from from I would assume is street money. Street money to do some records. Do some records, and and because street cats know at some point they're gonna get locked up, and right. we was becoming a short bet in the Bay Area. I bought my mixer from Shock G, who became Tupac's wow. guy. Which that's a whole different story. How Tupac? Put the yeah, in their panties. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, we was all just coming up, and the only cat that was kind of bubbling was Too Short. Right. So I said, Sway, man, I'm going to go to um, Domino's Pizza. I'm going to just do a nine-to-five, dude. It was going to take me about three months to be able to afford to buy this SB1200. I'll make you a hit in about three months. What did Sway say? Was he disappointed or was he like— Sway was like, nah, if you really want to look—I don't know, man. I think that you meet people in life, man, that you've known in other lifetimes. I really believe that. I I really believe that, man. I believe that, too. And uh, I found out actually years later, I met a psychic who told me I, I knew the cat and different lifetimes. And he was, and, and that's a whole different story. I got, you know, I, again, this is a crooked show. So I'm just sitting there, I'm just there. <laughs> but, but Sway, um, we decided to, to, to grind it out, man. So we started working at Domino's. And I'll never forget, man, the first day after about, we got nighttime and the, 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 um, the guy comes back, he's bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, what happened? The delivery and guy. And he said, man, they just jumped my ass. And I was like, okay, man. Um, and the manager looked at him and was like, you going to quit too? You going to quit? And I said, man, I made this guy sway this promise, man. I got to buy it. He's like, what? I'm like, I got I to gotta buy it. I need the money to get a sample. He's like, what? I said, man, give me 10 minutes. I went back home, um, got my nunchucks. I came back. Fucking nunchucks, and then man. And then uh, they still got, got You still got the nunchucks? This is, well, I got, this is before I was on radio. Right, so right. this is the grind. This right, is right. the years we grinded out. So. I get the call. I, I go over there. I got the pizza on my left hand. I'm spitting. In, and, oh, I didn't. So I see the guys in the bushes waiting for me, right? I knew they was going to jump me. Same jackets. Yeah, I got I got the pizza on my left hand, and I'm spinning the nunchucks in my right hand coming out of my car. And then when they saw the nunchucks, they were like, I just remember this. Jose, Jose, don't move. Don't move. And they just froze in the bushes. And I start, I kept walking by them like, I don't see them. Because they know if I looked, I was like, you know. Yeah. So I get to the door. I knock on the door. The guy opens the door. He's so shocked to see me because he's like, you made it? Right. <laughs> like, how did you get back here? Oh, and I'm still spinning the chucks. And then a few days later, man, I'll never forget this, man. Sway had a, his homie drive him and saw me in a Domino's outfit and was like, man, this cat is not playing. Like, you really going to do this? I'm like, bro, we can do this, man. And he's like, all right, I'm going to get a job washing dishes, man. I'm going to get a job washing. You know, if, you, if I see you grinding like this, right. I'm going to grind it out. So for the next two years, man, we did the work studio, work studio. And then one night, I think it was like God, man. Like every record I grabbed to sample, I grabbed Man Parish's Hip Hop Bebop. Ooh. I grabbed Get On Down, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I had um, Chuck these records sitting there. I was scratching, follow for now. I was like, wait a second. Get on there. Follow for now. Rock the house. And I was like, wait a minute. So then I tested it out. I brought the sampler to a nightclub. I was DJing and I tested it out. And the place went nuts. And I was like, Sway, we got to hit record, yo. Like, we just got to make this record. Right. And uh, so the, at the same time we were doing that is when I entered the DJ contest. So the station was like, man, these guys are making hit records. This guy's the dopest dudes. They you got know, the buzz on the street. They got the buzz on the street. Let's just play the record. And it just... Boom! And the wake up show had just started. 
So, so it was everything like, hit at the same time. It took about four That's years right. of, a, of, a, of a mad grind, though. So, so you know, I tell everybody, man, if we didn't go through those four years, man, we would not have the bond that we have right now. Like, you, you like most people don't see me. I'm a behind-the-scene and the studio guy. We just decided that Sway has the personality. And the presence. He has the presence. I was like, Sway, you be the front guy. We're going to do the behind-the-scene thing. We're just going to make sure you're always up front. And he was cool with it. So when you when you look back, man, on those days where you was grinding – you know, at Domino's and, and, and he's washing dishes and you look at him right now and seeing him as this elder statesman, this public elder statesman that, right. you know, is on all formats, you know, be it on MTV when they have something crazy or, you know, serious or even talking to President Obama, man. How do you feel, man? Like, oh, did, you, did you see that? I don't think any of us could have seen that, man. But I, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's like a proud moment knowing that, man, to, to be, you know, I don't know, you know, if if you got to go through something where cats want to beat you up and you still go, fuck it, I'm going to do it, man. Right. Just to show this dude I could do this. And I think that changed everything about him because he went back to Oakland. It was like, man, this cat ain't playing, man. So knowing that, and these are all steps, man. Like he didn't just make it to the White House. It was a grind, man. It's been a 25-year grind. And of, I'm sure it's still a grind. It's still a grind, but it's, 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 you know, we were talking to Cricket about this the other night, man. Now we can pick and choose to have right. some fun in it. Right. But in those days, man, you just, you know, it was like you had to do it. You know what I mean? You had to get on the grind. And then when we got into uh, when the wake-up show blew up, the fun started because we got to see. And we changed careers, man. There was moments, I, I'm not kidding, man, cats that were not making it in New York. They would call us on the West Coast and say, man, can you take him to the studio and y'all do something with this dude? And the, the station was so big that we would break New York artists in Cali to keep their record deal so they can come back to New York and like, have their like, record like, deal. Like which cats, man? Oh, my God, man. The Fugees. Uh, uh, I mean, Yeah, I, the Fugees, after their first album. They were definitely dead out here. Uh, man, so you're talking about the remi- the Fuji Live remix? Man, so when they told the, the Columbia dude called me, was like, man, I got the Fujis out here. I was like, okay, can you take them to a little studio? Yeah, I took them to a little studio in Burbank to make this wake-up show promo. And um, and then Lauren kicked something that was though Nas was with him. And I was a big Nas fan. Um, man, Biggie hadn't blown up. I didn't even know who Biggie was at the time, man. Right. Craig Mack walked into the station with him. I was in... Um, at the beat in Los Angeles, man, and and I was known for putting MCs on. No, I didn't know Biggie. Right. So Craig Mack walks in. I'm like, oh, I know he got that. Boom, boom, so boom. I'm gonna put you on, man. And Biggie was like, yo, yo, bro. Hey, hey, man, I rap too. I was like, man, I don't know who the fuck you are, man. I'm not putting you on there. You gotta be dope. He's like, man, but let me show you. Right. Pull me to the side, starts busting. Put me here to Pasadena, the beat up, baboona, beat up. And I was like, and actually, man, he changed my life, man, because. He changed, again, hip-hop changed right there, man, because when he started cursing, I had the idea that I said, Big, man, do what you just did on the air. He looked at me, he's like, really, man? It's 7 o'clock at night on, like, L.A. radio. And I'm like, but this station is dead last. Right. They brought me here to make it first. Do you. Right. So Craig Uncensored. Mack, uncensored. Uncensored, 7 p.m. This is everybody knows that the commercial radio, you get, you get a lawsuit by the FCC. Right. So Biggie starts rhyming, starts cursing his ass off. The red light is going off from the PD. You know, p- pretty much I'm about to get fired, right? So again, putting it down for the culture. Right. You know, I'm, it's Put going your neck down. on the line. Put my neck on the line. It's going off. Biggie's literally rhyming, looking at me like motherfuckers told me to be something, something, something. We good? Then he's had his thumbs up like this, and I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, it's lighting up, lighting up. And then the, the the guy on the board op was looking at me like, Jack, you how you just fired me? It's your second week in L.A. I'm like, I, this is the dude. I'm telling you. So then what happened was he leaves. He gives me a hug. He goes, man, I love you, dude. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> 
And then we go into the room, and then uh, they go, hey, man, you are, what the fuck was that? Who the fuck you think you are, man? We brought, you've been here like two weeks. And this guy, and I said, listen, man, before I got here, what are y'all known for? Anita Baker, you know, you want to change the the, the Lies to everybody, Benson. every yeah, whatever it Evo is. Bryson. I don't know who this guy was, but he was dope. Right, right. And I'm gonna keep bringing you dudes like this, right? So then the guy said, um, this the guy goes, uh, uh, he was like, yo, man, who's gonna pay for all the FCC fines? And I was like, you know what? I'll pay for it. I'll make y'all a deal. I'll pay, take all the FCC fines out of my check. If the ratings go up, you pay me back double. Hmm. And uh, the PD was like, man, fuck this dude, man, get fire him, you know. And the general manager was like, I like this dude. Right. He's like, okay, you got a deal. And they were they were fighting amongst each other. And man, so boom, I kept doing this crazy shit. Did, did y'all get fined though? Did the FCC pick up on? Oh yeah. So first month I didn't get a check. They right. took the whole thing out. Second month the rating <laughs> came out. The rating comes out. I, we went from fifteen to thirteen. Right. So pff, I get twenty eight thousand dollar check. Like wow. Right. So then. The general manager, who doesn't know nothing about nothing, you know, he's like, you know, this kid is insane. So Ghostface, RZA, Mob Deep, you know, anybody that was like, yo, we just opened the doors. Exhibit, are, 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 they still, are they still rapping uncensored? Oh, man. It oh, no. It, it turned into, and Cricket knows, it turned into insanity. Right. I mean, when I say they had to, imagine a radio station with a thousand MCs fighting to get in, right? So then you're uh, talking about real MCs, not real MCs. Now motherfuckers reading off their blackberries, no shots. No, 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 man. And we didn't know who these. We didn't know who Razkaz was. We didn't mm, know Exhibit was. We right. didn't, these guys. We didn't know Supernatural Beasts, like that. Beasts. Just, dudes are just coming, and the ratings kept going up till it went to like number eight. And by that point, we had made a quarter million dollars on this bet. And the dude was like, "Listen, man, you you, you won. Okay, you got it." <laughs> and Sway and I got a crib that Sway's been to in the in the valley off of that bet because I literally was like, "Look." You sometimes you gotta gamble like that, man. Right. If you really believe in something, again, I'm the same guy that loved hip hop. So there was nights, man, where the room used to get empty with all them MCs, and we were leaving, and Biggie would be standing right there against the wall. Big, you want to get on the mic? We got like a minute left. Nah, dude, I just come to hang out with y'all to, wow. to to realize what what you know what this is to me. Wow. And this happened like five or six times. So. The, um, and this is now as Biggie's blowing up. Biggie's blowing up. So the about and now the funniest one, and I ended with this. I go on forever. Uh, we were interviewing him one time, and uh, you know, it was like Big, how you doing? He's like, Yo, I got this record out, Tech. You know, that by the time we become good friends, um, and this white kid runs by the glass, you know, um, window, and he's pounding on the glass. Boom, boom, boom. I'm Biggie Smalls. Boom, boom. I'm Biggie Smalls. Oh. <laughs> right? So we're looking at him like, what is he saying? And the security guard from the beat tackles him and is literally choking this kid out to death, right? I mean, he's killing him. Right. So we open the door. Big comes out. We're all looking at him like, yo, whoa, hey, 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 hey. What's up, man? Let him go. What, what's up? He goes, man, um, yo, man, I, I, I'm Biggie Smalls. I copyrighted that name. I'm from Long Beach. I had it like six years ago. Right. And Biggie was like, yo, you know, check this out, man. Just Here's Puffy's number. <laughs> you know, give him a call. It worked that shit out. It worked that shit out, man. Puffy will take care of you, no problem, man. You know what I mean? So a month later, <laughs> Biggie comes back to the station. And like, Big, what's up, man? What happened? And he goes, that kid. man, I have to change my name. I'm like, what the fuck is your name now? He goes, he goes. <clears throat> man, notorious B I G. It was like, what? Yo, it's so funny, man. I was just talking to somebody <laughs> yesterday about, you know, God rest the dead, 
and, and, and you know, regardless of the name change and take away from his legacy, but Biggie Smalls was such a perfect name for dude. Man. Perfect name. Perfect man. name, man. Perfect name. So man. let me ask you, man, what do you, you, you talk about these moments where mm-hmm. you risk everything. Everything. What are you risking everything on right now? Have you come to have you come to that choice recently where you had to do something like that? Well, I don't have to do that no more, man, right. because people know my character now. You know what I mean? It's all about I mean, to me, man, it's all it's about your own spirit, right? It's not about the size of the man, right? You know, like Napoleon was the smallest dude, right? But Conquered he had a big world. spirit. Right. So you have to follow this little dude. So I said, you know, to me, man, I wanna be like that. I wanna have such a good spirit that and crooked nose, man. I mean, I just stay humble, quiet, till I only have like, dude, I got ten thousand numbers in my phone from everybody in the business. I only take about ten calls, mm. and he's one of them, mm. and he knows, right? Because I only want to be around great things, great people, man, good spirits, good energy. And to this day, man, me and Sway, are same, same, same system. That's dope, man. Same system. That's dope. That's and dope. that's how we befriended the Pox, Biggies, Nas. RZA literally was like, Tick, where you live at, man? Uh, blah, 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 blah. He's like, man, I'm going to move right next to you. Wherever you at. Wherever you at. I'm just going to come over there. And he did. And he did. That's crazy. Yeah. I had my son. <laughs> the dude rang my bell. I just, he was just born. I was holding him my hand. He's like, Tick, get in the car, man. Just show me the neighborhood. <clears throat> and I was like, what's up, man? He's like, no. I mean, I'm saying that, you know, we kept it real for so long that once you get to know us, you, we're the same cats from... 1986, the same guys who fell in love with hip-hop. I still love to go to a b-boy battle. I still love dope MCs. I still love graffiti art. I just like real talent. And what's to, to me, we're not what's happening now, in my opinion, and what's, maybe it's had to do with the Internet, but it's like you have 100 people in the room, in my opinion, right? And if 90 people in the room are telling you that two times two is five, and there's only 10 of you that really know that two times two is four. Mm-hmm. But you got to make a choice. To speak up. or, or, or. Either you got to say something, mm. might get outcast out of his room, or you got to have to at some point just say, you know what? <laughs> I get it. Two times two is five. And blend in that crowd right. and just join the party. Right. I've never been that dude. That's dope, man. So I go to the next room. I'll open a little door, and I'll say, Crook. Sway, y'all roll with me. Two times two is not five. But when they figure that shit out, they'll come over here. And that was the beginning of the wake-up show. It started with a little thing. We're playing James Brown records. And I mean, the Bay Area wasn't no advanced like New York. You guys had everything but had shut it down. But when the system worked in the Bay, Steve Smith, who was Steve in the Smith, Bay Area, the one brought the sense. whole wake-up show system to Hot 97. Yes. Man, I was in New York. And I was like, wait a minute, we played that record right after that record. And I was like, wait a fucking, this motherfucker's playing our playlist. Playing your playlist. On New York radio. (laughs) And I think there's a podcast out there of Flex actually saying when he was in the Bay and he heard the wake-up show work. And he was like, he came back and was like, listen, man, it's it's working, man. The hip-hop is working. The way they're doing it is working. But, you know, we never get our credit for a lot of stuff. But we're not credit-type dudes. We're not we nah, don't but want, the, but yeah. the right people credit you, man, because because the reason why I know this story is because of the Dan Charnas book, the, okay. the big payback, and and Steve Smith taking right. your special sauce and making sure that he right. went to that hot ninety seven building and was like, this is what we're going to build New York radio. Absolutely, on. man, and we never we never got the credit for it. Right. We never got the credit for right. it. Right. Listen, let's go to a break. We're about to jump into King Crooked Crooked Eyes story. You yeah. tuned into the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. West Side is in the building. West West. Yo, Internet, today's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Loot Crate. 
Loot Crate is more than just the best subscription box service for epic geek and game items and pop culture gear. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. We're talking about a new t-shirt in every crate, figures, comics, stuff for your kitchen, a wide range of exclusive items you can't get anywhere else from fan-favorite franchises, tongue twister, like Harry Potter, Marvel Comics, Fallout 4, Star Wars, and so much more. Every month there's a different theme, and all items are curated around that theme, offering a wide range of exclusive items you can't get anywhere else from, once again, fan-favorite franchises. And you can get all of this for less than $20 a month. Go to LootCrate.com slash combat and use promo code combat for $3 off any new subscription. Remember, enter promo code combat when you check out from LootCrate.com to save $3 on your new Loot Crate subscription. And now back to the show. Hey, yo, Internets, man, you're back on with the Combat Jack Show, CombatJackShow.com. Look who just walked in the fucking building, man. The fuck is up, man? Yo, we got fucking Lord Seer in the building, man. Like, what is this, like, the classic radio episode? What's going on, Seer? Man, I do not know, man, but thank you, bro, for having me come through here chilling. Nice small studio. You, you like the studio, man? It's, yeah, it's, it's man. been a long time. Yeah. I felt like we've been bullshitting you yeah, about I, I, coming on man. to the Combat Jack Show. I, 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 I might want, if you have a beat on, I might kick some... Lyrical lyrics, you know what I mean? You got some lyrics, man? <laughs> From the 80s, you know what I mean? <laughs> From all that new shit, nigga. Yo, you losing weight, nigga? I'm trying. Which what, what you do? Why your voice like that? I don't know, because I wish I could <laughs> I'm eating light, man. I, you know, I ain't been running. Word. Yeah, but I need to yeah, definitely lose weight. Yo, man, we got King Tech in the building, man. We got Crooked Eye in the building, man. We got Lord C in the building. Yo, Crooked, man. Uh, man. Up, crooked, man, up. you grew up with music, man. Word. Your mom's was a singer. Yep, indeed. What kind what? of singer was she, man? Moms was back there with the Gap Band, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Like performing with them? Yeah. Oh, my mother was, uh, you know, um, she's from Oklahoma, so she she grew up with them. You know what I'm saying? And she came to Cali to get a record deal, and that's how I was ended up being, you know, born born in Cali. But um, you know, she um used to sing with them, do backgrounds, and write her own stuff. And then she got a record deal. Her and her twin sister, my uh, aunt, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? They had a record deal, man. That's 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 how the music was always in the house. You know what I'm saying? Was when I was growing up, you know, it was always music in the house. So, what inspired you to start writing, man? Uh, I started I started writing poetry when I was like in kindergarten. I'm, I'm like six years old in the first grade. I wrote a, a book called Poem City. Poem poetry, City, a poetry book. Like what? What are you? What is? What is? Crooked eyes. Yeah. Poems about man. Like back then, I was like, you know, we get on the bus. The trip's not far for us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was doing all that, and then you know, I start. You know, my mom's used to play the old school hip hop joints. You know, so I started learning all the Melly Mel and. Uh, so your mom's got you into hip hop? Yeah, my mom's really? was playing all that, and I, you know, I started learning it. My older brother was playing it, so. It was just all over the house, man, you know what I'm saying? So it was a culture that I fell in love with. I felt like, you know, we was kind of detached from our culture as black people, you know what I mean? Because, you know, my, my mom, she was deep into the, you know, everything. Like, Black Panthers would come by the crib, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they'd be having little talks in the front room, and we'd be ear hustling and, like, what they talking about in there, you know what I'm saying? And they would talk about, you know, how, you know, we need to, be strong with our culture, our history, and things of that nature. So I kind of latched on to hip-hop. Like, you know, that really spoke to me, you know what I'm saying, as a kid. So I just wanted to surround myself and kind of drown myself in hip-hop. You wrote your first song at 10 years old? Eight, actually. Eight uh, years old. Microphone? Controller. controller, yep. 
Yep, my aunt. Rest How did that peace. go, man? Yeah, I'm the controller. Word, C O N T R O L. I spell. Driving a beat like a hammer and nail or some shit. I said you bars. Know Yo, I was like eight. That was the first time I was in the studio though. But you know, that's you had like, books and everything in the song. But that, yeah. But that's the thing though. It was like you know, that's back when you know my mom's was single parent. You know, and 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 you know, after the record deals fell off, you know, we went you know to the hood and you know things of that nature. And she she still had a vision for me. You know what I mean? My mom's and my aunt. And, you know, they put me in the studio. So, you know, when you got that support system, you can kind of focus on what you want to do with your with your, with your your life, really. You know, some people, unfortunately, they don't have that. You know, I mean, a lot of artists, they don't really have nobody that, in their family who believe in their dream Very or support. Very few artists you hear. Because you know usually it's the artist's child yeah. that's convincing the parent exactly. that this dream is going to come true. But your yeah. mom's is the one that was like, she saw something. In yeah, you. so she kept me in the studio, you know, I rapping you know that's just crazy man and now that i think back on it now it just seemed all so natural back then you know it's just what it was i ne always knew that i was going you know be an mc that was i never had no other doctor lawyer no nah, never it was all straight mc since i was a kid since you know since i knew that i existed really you know came into you know the knowledge of yo i'm a person i live i'm you know i'm breathing okay cool i'm gonna be an mc most people know that your pen is no joke like you're a prolific MC. Like a lot of people, when you when you mention, you know, their top fives, their top tens, your name comes up, man. Who are your main inspirations? Uh, you know what, man? That's the thing, man. We I really soaked up everybody. Like you know, my brothers and them, my older brothers, my uncles, they listened to a lot of gangster shit because they was out gang banging, selling crack and shit like that in the '80s. It's past the um, statute of limitations, so we can speak on it. Um, you know, just doing what they and did. you ain't named no names. Yeah, you know, and they. They Allegedly, low, they low riding, you know what I'm saying, shit like that. And I'm in the back seat, a young kid listening to all these, you know, NWA joints and all these uh, Ice T and King T and DJ Pooh and King T is one of my favorite, by the way. King, King T is one of my favorite, very underrated. No, <laughs> his bounce and his flow, yeah, is crazy, amazing for amazing. a New York cat. Act a fool, yes, man, yes. He and went, Ice Cube, that shit was hot too. Yo, yeah, exactly. So I mean, those was you know my inspirations, and then when I got old enough. To, you know, grab onto my own types of music that I wanted to fuck with. It was Rakim, it was Cool G, it was KRS, it was, you know, all the spitters, DOC, mm. you know what I'm saying? Those became my influences. And then, you know, just as time progressed, I just I just like people that's dope, you know. You, I don't care where you're from or, you know, it's just two it's two categories in hip-hop to me, dope and whack. That's just it. I want to I ask you about this question that changed this, this record. That changed the world. But I got to ask you too, sir. I want to ask you first, man. Coming from New York, you know, you know what I'm saying? You're from Harlem. So you know we came up on that on that Harlem, that that Bronx, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the, the Brooklyn shit. Mm -hmm. Yo, what was your first thoughts, man, the first time you heard The Chronic? That shit bugged me out because I wanted to smoke weed again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to stop smoking that wait, you, shit. Wait, wait, you talking about right now? Or back then? Uh, back then. You had stopped smoking weed. Because motherfuckers would buy Buddha and Cess, right? right. <laughs> and had mad seeds in it, so I'm getting headaches. <laughs> and then they caught me out there. And as I said, your smoke got a little white pot in it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what you mean? Nigga, what's going on? Let's just have a little of this get hot. But nigga, I wasn't high. My eyes is dumb red. And smell like we when I'm not high. Right. And they're like, but see, we just put some coke in. I said, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm high and not high. Primos, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Some, I'm they high had you on the woolers? Yeah. At a young age, I was scared. 
How, and, old, and how old were you, man? You know, did that shit, that nigga King's son, you fucking bastard. King's son had you <laughs> dusted out, man. Bastard. <laughs> that nigga six. He's six six, and I was short of five two. And he's like, you going, we going to smoke this or else. I'm like, nigga, no. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, so King's son had you stop smoking weed. Uh, yeah, man. Yo, first, first and foremost, what were you doing as a shorty hanging out with right, King's son? See, all right, God bless King. Then, um, I went to school and his father is Robert Hill, who was the Kia Records. Mm. And at the time, I didn't know. So I remember there's a story that he gave me a record, you know, Cream Smith went to school with him. And he was like, yo, hey, Steve. You know, they knew Steve was like, hey, man, check out my father's record. And it said Eric B for president. Oh. It was sealed. I don't know what the shit was. So I was like, man, how your sister going on a label? <laughs> I said, Kia. Is she rich or something? <laughs> I think shit is now. So, you know, back in the... I'm little, you know right. what I mean? And they're going back in the hood and they playing. I came in the door, right? So, went back to school the next day. I ain't had no turntables over. But I kept the record. And I remember they had them little turntables with big-ass headphones. They them school turntables, yes. little shit. Yes, yes, And I had the real big-ass orange head, like beige headphones, like I was taught it. So, I put the <laughs> shit on. Did you just say retarded? I thought I was retarded. <laughs> Now, like, like, you know, can, you, can, you even, can you even say that in 2016 right now? Yeah. Because, look, you know the Yo, big you are retarded, by the shits. The ones that you don't put on the head. And I'm listening. I'm, I am came and said, oh, man, I said, this record is high. He's like, that's my father's record, you asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't know. You know what I mean? And they put give me other records like Brooklyn's in the house, Cutmaster DC, and people that he had. And then signed King's Son and shit. That's the time I'm, hey, love. And it was popping that then. I was young, you know, it was like 86, 87. But this put you in the mix, though, right? Because mm-hmm. you were getting all these records directly mm-hmm. from Zakia. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 right there. That's like... crazy. So the, so the chronic got you smoking again. Yeah, I almost did. Almost did. Yeah, but then I was like, damn, I had to go back to the sauce. Because <laughs> the chronic was too much. I didn't know, you know, if I was going to smoke that shit, turn blind. I didn't know, <laughs> know what the chronic was. Until motherfuckers, you know, um, um, these motherfuckers came through. Um, um, damn, that sauce mischief. Mm-hmm. Came by the crib, used to hang out with Curious, and Delta Funky Homo Sabian made some mushroom tea. And he had a nigga crying, man. <laughs> he cried about what, man? I don't get emotional. <laughs> I ain't know about no mushrooms. And then, like, he's making this shit, and he's, and he's smoking hydroponic. I ain't know about hydroponic, then. Right, we had some bad weed, so they were, the West Coast was bringing all that. <laughs> yeah, they come in, <laughs> yeah. And they were at Jabosha looking for, I'm like, I, think I want some hydroponic now. It's weed growing in water. I said, all right, and I lit it up. I was like, Oh, this is nice, man. And then that with the tea, getting emotional and shit. It's like, man, I wish, man. Niggas like, yo, man. Decide, decide. No mushrooms, no mushrooms. Yo, yo, crooked, man. Yes, sir. Um, how impactful was the the chronic on you, man? Ah, the chronic was crazy, man. I mean, for me, because you know, I had dropped out of school real early and shit, and I started, you know, I was in the streets getting money. I wasn't of legal age to have a real job, so the only way I could get money was illegally. So, you know, we was real poor and shit like that. So, like, in be- way below the poverty line poor. And you had seen your mom go from having money? Having something, you know what I'm saying? But I was real little when she was, you know, I was, I was still in kindergarten, you know, first grade. But by the third grade, we was living below the poverty line, like, you know, the, the horrible type shit. You know what I'm saying? So... I'm like, fuck this. I got to get money. So I dropped out of school and shit and started getting money. And um, my mom was like, yo, you're heading down the wrong path. So she sent me out to Harrisburg, PA. <clears throat> so I'm in Harrisburg, you know what I'm saying, in Pennsylvania. And, you know, 
15. There's nothing in Harrisburg. There's nothing. In- Who's in Paris? What, so, what are you doing there? Man, so I'm out there. You Who's know, that? Oh? We at the, we at the uh, basketball courts and shit, rapping against each other and shit. But who you staying with? I'm staying with my aunt. Okay. You know what I'm saying? A twin. And, Damn. Nah, nah. This, this, yeah, nah, nah. My, on my father's side, okay. aunt, right? And her husband is smoking crack, and, you know, he just way fucked up. So mm-hmm. I'm out, you know, running the streets of Harrisburg, catching trains to Philly and shit, 15 years old. Philly. Fucking around in the streets out there. And um, deep cover. This is man from the um, Junior Black Mafia. Homie. OG. He like, look. They used to say, Cali. Listen, Cali. It's three records out right now. We're going to take you down to the spot. And when you hear these three records, you're going to go crazy. I'm like, man, I ain't going to go no fucking crazy. So I was like, all right. Took him to the spot. They played motherfucking... Ice Cube Predator. Mm. I was like, okay, this shit is kind of hot. They play that fucking, all I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom. In the I'm like, okay, the bitches moving their ass. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, then they played the deep cover. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. I can feel it. I'm like, oh, shit. What the fuck is this? And I hear they talk. I'm like, man, I sound like a nigga from Long Beach on that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And nobody from Long Beach had ever really had anything big like that. You know what I'm saying? With Dr. Dre. So I seen the video, and I seen Snoop on there, and he got the Long Beach hat on. And I'm like, yo, this nigga is from the city right now. And my cousin called me. He like, yo, you got to get back. I said, what's going so on? this is happening. While I'm out here in Harrisburg. No, um, not out here. I mean, out, out there. there. In Harrisburg. Yeah, yeah. Let me, pardon me, pardon me. I'm on 33, what, 333 Kelker. Oh, <laughs> I still man. remember that shit. Hanging with some wild dudes out there. And my cousin called me. And he's like, listen, you got to get back. I said, what's going on? He said, you ever heard this kid named Paperboy? He got a song called Diddy. You could do the ditty if you want to, because oh, yeah. then I'm going to I said, yeah, they play that shit. He was like, yeah, that shit just sold a million singles. I said, for real? He said, yeah, that's the homie Mitch, nigga, that used to live with, live right next door to us. I was like, really? He's like the rap shit popping, because my whole family know right. I was into that shit deep. Right. So I'm like, man, I'm finna get the fuck out of here. But before I left, my auntie was like, just do me one favor. Get your GED, because in case the music shit don't right. work. So, you know, I went in and took the test off rip. I ain't studied for it or nothing. Passed that bitch real quick and got me a Greyhound ticket and went straight back to Cali, man. And when I got to Cali, you know, now they working on the chronic and we hearing these songs and shit. They're leaking out. They leaking out. You see what I'm saying? On the east side of Long Beach, these little joints is leaking songs with no hooks on them, like G thing with no hook. But all you hear is that boom, 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 you know, one, two, three, and to the four. I'm like, yo, this shit is on. Like, we never been represented like this at for Long Beach. And not even not represented, but people, a lot of, especially this generation doesn't realize how revolutionary Snoop's flow was at the time. It was revolutionary. The charisma the the you know the the different flow patterns the way he used his voice on the beast the way Dre mixed him so perfectly like he was just talking to you directly in your ear instead of rapping it was just crazy dog and the songs was crazy Nate dog recipes 
you know, Daz and mm. Corrupt going full on crazy on every record that they let him on. You know what I'm saying? And it was like rage murdering shit you know and rbx had the deep voice the narrator and he you know seven execution style <laughs> murders i have no remorse because i'm you know haven't you ever it's like damn this is the illest shit ever so it just charged my battery up like oh yeah yeah i'm doing this shit did you bring anything <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something man did you bring anything back from from your time in harrisburg back to yeah what would you bring back? Nigga? I brought I brought aggressive flow with me. I was always kind of aggressive with the flow, but a lot of people, you know, because it would be some niggas down there from from New York. It'd be some niggas from Philly mm-hmm. that might just migrated there, and they like yo, you know, Cali niggas. Y'all ain't got no bars. Y'all niggas just gotta rap about. Y'all tell slow ass stories and shit. So it was a lot of challenges on that basketball court. So I had to bar niggas up a lot. You know what I'm saying? Just to get my respect. Yo, you just explained a whole lot about your flow, man. I'm not saying that yeah. like like Cali Cali niggas don't spit because you got some of the right. best spitters in Cali, but you just explained a whole lot about your flow, man. Yeah, man, it was it was a challenge. It was like you know you gonna get ate up, and this it bitches is all around. We young niggas ain't trying to get you know what I mean karate chopped in front of these hoes. You know what I'm saying? That nigga whack. They already going on me and my. Uh, my step, my my step brother, they already own us because I'm wearing one outfit on Wednesday. And he wear that bitch on Thursday, so the bitches already own us. So you know, we had at least had a rhymes, and you know, so yeah, and it was real. So when I got back to the city, though, you could tell the difference. I was a battle tested rapper MC. You know what I'm saying? So with the homies, they was rapping like, yeah, you know, I hit the corner in the six four straight automatic. Yeah, I had to let the nigga have it, you know, and that's and that's what they doing. And then, you know, you come in chopping multisyllabic rhymes and shit. You know what I'm saying? You said aggressive and aggressive. And you nigga, I'm tearing out vertebrae and further the murder ways. And and you like they like, what the fuck are you doing out here? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And the OG homies that had all the dope money that was putting the money in all the little homies with the, you know, the studio. They like, damn, uh. do, should we fuck with this little nigga or what? You know, because he ain't rapping like these niggas right here. But when he when they see the crowd's reaction, when we do like mm. shows and shit, and they see the crowd go crazy, then they like, okay, I get it. You know see, what I'm see, saying? But, and I love this. I love this story, man, because because like like King Tech's story about how you know the East Coast is influencing you and what you're doing. You're not you're not knowing that what you're doing is revolutionary to the east coast and i just love how you know there's no separation from the regions even though we think yeah there is you know what i'm saying no it's all the same yeah. man i mean you know same thing these dudes is out here listening to break beats on the west they trying to you know samples they pushing the line with their production it's the same shit and that chronic shit just opened up a whole new bag of worms. I mean, you know, my own boy Big C Style, he founded the Dog Pound. You know what right. I mean? Because I was going to ask Dr. you about, Dre, about Big C Style's importance, yeah, particularly with your with your with your career. His importance in the city of Long Beach is just is 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 epic. Like you know, he you know he's like the dude who touched everybody's career at one point in time. 
when it comes to Long Beach hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like he was the dude who let Snoop sleep on his couch until Snoop Snoop's deal was done with, right. and he had his own bread or dropping Snoop off at Dr. Dre's house or you know they all had an apartment. Dre had him, I think, in um, a little apartment in Hollywood, and he they was all laying around the floor like a kennel. So he was like, man, this looked like the dog pound, and that's how the name got started. Because it was an actual place. Because it was an actual place, and then you know. Um, just, just that dude right there. Because a lot of people don't know about Long Beach hip hop. Long Beach, there was a point in time when Long Beach had more record deals than probably any other one city ever in in the whole U.S. Really? Yeah, there was a time when we had like at least twelve to thirteen major deals just in Long Beach. You know, what I'm saying we had, I had my deal with Virgin Records. Um, Badass was with Priority. Right. Um, Hostile Click was with Def Jam. The Five Five Footers was with Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Warren G was with Def Jam. Right. The, the um, Hostile Click, um, Bo Rock with the Dove Shack. They was up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Nate, I ain't like that Dove Shack. Shit. That's that shit. Summertime in LBC. <laughs> LBC. He's in Harlem, nigga. Ooh, But we just had like all little half dead Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg. Like we had like. 20 major deals in one city and at the same damn, at time. The same damn time. But that shows you, know you how that shows you how revolutionary Snoop and the chronic was. That man. chronic it, gave birth to that. They literally Snoop said on, you know, in the two man cell with my homie, Lil half dead murder was the case that they gave me. So Lil half dead went to priority records and got a deal based on that bar. And you know, I was like, who the fuck is Lil half dead based on that bar? That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's so crazy. we was just all getting deals. bro. So, so what gets you from virgin to death row? Like, how do you go from virgin and virgin is not known for his hip hop division? Exactly. I've never ever. Yeah. I mean, we know they was known for Janet Jackson, but yeah. Culture Club. Yeah, yeah, but every rapper yeah. I knew that ever yeah. signed a virgin <laughs> got that check. Yeah, and then they got tight. Yeah, got that check. You know what I'm saying? They had that division called New Tribe. That was the hip hop mm-hmm. division. Loonies was on there. I got five. Oh on yeah, it. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, eventually, Face Mob had a little group thing over there. Benzino had Almighty RSO over there. Um, and one day they just came in and said, yo, you know what I'm saying? We getting rid of this whole shit. You know, basically everybody black out the door except Janet Jackson. <laughs> right. So that's, it was, that's what happened. That's that what is, happened. That so is it was exact, like, I remember when he did that. So, up. you know, it was like, okay, cool. But, you know, I, what was cool about it was they let me step with my whole project. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have to pay none, nothing back on the recoupment or none of that type of shit. I got a clean slate. They didn't want step. no paybacks on the album. They didn't want nothing, man. I just went I just went independent. You know, I hit the South. I went down South and started writing albums for people and hooking up with, you know. I just took the D-Boy route because I had a lot of connections in that world. So, you know, all the D-Boys who had money and had artists that they was trying to, you know, break, I start consulting their projects, ghostwriting for them, doing all that bringing that bag home to stay afloat. You know what I'm saying? Let me get your take on this whole thing that's going on right now. I, I think it's such a non-controversy, uh-huh. like particularly with, you know, cats trying to chip away at Drake's legacy right. and, and the whole, you know, Quentin Miller ghostwriting right. thing. I've been in the game since, since 89. Right. And I understand even though hip hop is, you know, you got to represent who you are. Right. Ghostwriting has always been part of the game in one right. way or another. Right. What's your take on it, man? Me personally, I, I think it's all good, but just don't ever try to be in the top. Like, don't try to say I'm I'm one of the greatest of all time. You, the GOAT conversation, in my opinion, is reserved for those who write their own shit. Mm. 
Okay. Now, you can have all the most success, and you can have some of the dopest music, and we could talk about who got the best records. But when it comes to the GOAT conversation, in my opinion, you got to you gotta have your own pen on that. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, this is a new generation. Nobody don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah, how's, how's, <laughs> how's, how's the ghostwriting game for you still, man? You still, still I mean, it? yeah, it's still cool. I mean, you know, I really – I'm the real ghostwriter because it's shit that people will never know that I wrote. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Shit that we know? and Yeah. Shit that we really know? Yeah, it's shit that people know from known rappers and – I don't talk about that shit. How hard you know is it I'm though? Saying? How hard is it though, man? If you, how hard is it though, man? If you're with some people, and the record comes on, oh. and that shit is banging, and they're like, "Ooh, that boy is the illest." And you be like, oh, "That was ain't nice. nobody better than that nigga." That was sick. Ain't nobody popping in your neck. Yo, 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 crooked. You can't write like that. Hey, you know what I'm saying? I've heard be that, like that nigga. before. Really, you've heard that? Yeah, he's like, yeah, he killed it that time. He killed you on that verse and, and, on a song that I wrote both verses on. Damn. <laughs> he'd be like, yo, he killed you on that how verse. How do you have you the self-control? Because I'd be like, God damn it, that was me. <laughs> you know what, dog? It's funny yeah. because it goes back to the death row thing. You know, once I went to death row, there was a lot of artists in there. And, you know, Suge was like hooking me up with different people to ghostwrite for and that's when I really started, you know what I'm saying, really doing a lot of ghostwriting, like, you know, even for, like, like Left Eye, Rest in Peace, you know what I'm saying? She came death row as Nina and, you know, worked on a project, and I wrote songs for her and shit. Some of those songs leaked out. Um, but, yeah, that I mean, you know, we going to get it however we got to get it. Like, people ask me, you know, what you do for a living. I tell them whatever it takes. You know? Right, right, right. You met Suge in jail. Yeah. Because, I, because... When you, when, when, when that went, how did, first of all, who brought you to Shook? Well, okay. Big C style and Daz had a, um, idea to do a, a label called dog pound records. They took it to Shook. Shook said he'll give them the distribution. Now I had met Shook. I met Shook before because I went to a, um, Snoop session and Snoop and Pac was making, um, two of America's most. Yo, how, how insane was that session? Uh, let me tell you something, man, I, you know, I'm young, so I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? I walk into the session. I'm not knowing what to expect. I'm with my homie Randog. Randog, like 400 pounds, all muscle. So he walk in the door and him and Suge trying to Squeeze. get through the door, squeeze by each other. And then they got the stare down on the way in. So I'm like, okay, what, what's this about to be about? You know, I'm from Long Beach. I know, it's, you know, that's Crip City. And, you know, I know we walking into a session full of bloods and things of that nature. So all these things are going in my mind, you know what I mean, as a young dude. Oh, and I will go in and I look and I see somebody standing at the board. And I'm like, yo, that's Pac. And that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place. You know what I'm saying? Because I was a big-ass Tupac fan right. from, you know, Tupacalypse Now, Strictly For My Niggas, you know, all of that. The, the You know, the um, Death Around the Corner joint, mm -hmm. Me Against the World, all the shit, the pre-death row shit. Right. So when I got in there and I seen Pac, I'm like, damn. And he had, you know, been in the news. He done shot two cops and, you know, somebody on trial for this and that. And he got out of jail. Hot, and hot. It's just like peak. Peak Machiavelli, like the birth Mac, birth the Mac. I'm like, yo, and I'm just watching. He him got too. shot. He got shot. And got everything. shot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. You know, where where this nigga got shot in the head? Y'all like, okay, shit, young shit. You know, and and I just sat on the couch like I'm sitting on this couch, and 
seeing them sitting up there. All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. Him and Snoop standing at the board. Okay, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got to do a St. Ives commercial, too, or something like that, too. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this and do that. And I'm just sitting there soaking it up, bro. I'm like, wow, I'm in the studio right now with Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Even more so than Snoop, it's Tupac. <laughs> well, you know. And, and not taking away from well, Snoop. Well, the Snoop thing, because I, I started, you know, I was already coming around dog. So, you know, it was like, okay, I'm used to being around Snoop. Now, right. what Snoop don't know, I ain't never told Snoop this story, but I went to his house. I think I was like 18, bro. I was on like 17 or 18. I was on GR, that fucking government assistance shit for men that they got in Cali. You know what I'm saying? Where you get like 200 food stamps and $200. You know what I'm saying? Are you living there? Nigga, I was homeless though. So that shit came in. That shit came in super handy. I was homeless. I was living in my homeboy bookstore. My homie had a bookstore on the east side. But you anyway, reading? Yeah. Yeah, he had a bookstore called the Hurusasa. That's uh, Swahili for freedom now. So you know what I mean? He was uh he let me he let me stay in there and shit. The homie from, he from Grape Street and shit, but he he went to law school and he came back to the community to give back. He wanted to give knowledge, you know what I'm saying? So he opened a bookstore like right in the dead. Is that the, the same cat that in the documentaries like Black Law? Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Same cat. So anyway, I'm I'm living there. You know what I mean? And it's in the hood, so you know, people doing all types of shit. Smokers walking by the window, motherfuckers banging outside, all kind of shit. And I'm in there just reading books and shit, eating eating cup of noodles and shit. That's amazing. And um That's an amazing story, man. Yeah, man. I mean I'm reading shit like, you know, um Stolen Legacy and mm. you know, um uh What Makes papers. the Great Great, the ISIS papers, you know what I'm saying? So I go over Snoop House and I walk up and I walk over the porch. And he got like a fishing, some a pond under the porch, and I'm looking at all these fish go under the porch and shit, and I'm like, dog, I ain't never seen no shit like this. <laughs> and I walk inside, you know, he got an intercom, he got to tell whoever in the back of the house, yo, come to the front. That's how big the fucking house is. And I'm just sitting there. And he's playing a uh, Nintendo 64 or something like that, and he's real competitive, you know. Yeah. So he get mad like the game cheating, throw the fucking controller at the <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm just sitting there, and I said, you know what? I went into his garage. He got lowriders slammed upside down, fucking wheels, dating wheels all up in the fucking air. UCLA basketball, full basketball court in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? Got a studio and everybody. And I'm like, dog, you can get all of this from rapping mm. i'm a teenager and i'm letting it soak in like yo all of this came from fucking rapping when i left his house that day i said i will never stop never and he don't even know that that was the day that really because you when you young you're impressionable it's a lot of shit going on you got some homies that's banging selling drugs robbing banks pimping you know you got all these homies around you and you could take any path they they all love you so you could take any path right. you want to take. It's all laid out there. It's you all laid OGs out. OGs in, in every direction. OGs in every direction. And going inside that house and coming out of that house told me, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to stop till I got some shit like this popping for me and my family. So... Hey, yo, Internet. This week's episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Seat Geek. It could be incredibly frustrating to buy tickets online, especially to something like Beyonce, where you know you got to be up and awake at the earliest hours to get a good seat at her concert. And even worse, most sites make it so complicated to get the seat you want 
and then tack on extra fees when you check it out. But forget all of that BS. You seat geek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Seat Geek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events available on SeatGeek so they will let you know if those prices fall. Every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade so you can quickly find out the best deals. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. And best of all, SeatGeek always keeps it real when it comes to the price, unlike StubHub. SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Get your rebate today by downloading the free SeatGeek app. Go to the setting tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Again, get fantastic deals on the best events by downloading the SeatGeek app and entering promo code COMBAT to get a $20 rebate on your first purchase today. That's SeatGeek. Sit like a boss. And now back to the show. Yo, Sear, man, yeah. they, they got a rumor that, that, that you, you a pimp, man. You got a brothel, man. Is that true, man? Uh, well, it's style now. Ten years old. No, I'm not. I ain't got no damn brothel. You sure, man? I ain't got no brothel. Well, how what you about always... a rubbing tug? You got a, you got a rubbing tug? You got a massage parlor, man? Uh, well, like, how you run uh, all these chicks, man? Uh, I met him online. You met him online? I met him online. Oh, is it a site or is I it like Twitter? Like, I met him in the street. Come on, people just sell drugs <laughs> and crackheads. No, nah, but you do all right with the ladies, right? Uh, Huh? Nah, a little bit here and there. Nah, what what you mean a little bit? Not, not what you mean? Like- you know, because I do the radio shit, they probably thinking I'm fucking like 8,000 bitches a day. So it's hard to like talk to a chick here and there. So the, the issues you talk, the chicks that you talk to right now, they got trust issues, man? Yeah, some of them. That's, that's, that's crazy, some, man. Some of them. Yo, let me ask you, man, as a, as a Harlem cat, right? Uh-huh. And, and this is, once again, going back to Crooked, because initially this is his episode. Okay. As a Harlem cat, because I knew as a Brooklyn cat initially, I did not understand the Tupac thing, man. Did you understand it? Well, um, initially, like this is for my niggas. Uh, uh, well, you know, Tupacalypse now. Did you understand all of that shit? No, well, I remember when I remember when um, when Juice came out. They didn't call him Tupac; they called him Bishop. Right. So I remember like, yo, they go Bishop right there, and I was like, nah, that's that too. Nah, no, we know it's Bishop. We don't know him as Tupac, because you know at the time, you know, came out with that big ass. Cross with the um the, the gun on it and shit. He had the chains on. He was doing it, going to Palladium. You know what I mean? But they didn't really know him. They knew who he was. They didn't call him Tupac. They know him as Bishop, right? And you know, like come to New York because we knew that. him from the movie, not the music. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. How, how how you got to explain to me, man? How was he so influential in the West Coast? Well, I mean, like you can't say nothing wrong. Like I can't go to the West Coast. Not that I would want to, yeah. but I can't go to the West Coast and say anything wrong about Tupac. Me personally, man, you know, and talking to some of his diehard, diehard fans, um, he touched people's soul, man. He 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 went beyond a clever punchline and a sick metaphor, and he touched people's heart. You know what I mean? He was totally down with the struggle. He had too many layers, man. Like some dudes are good making music about the females. Some good, you know, spin some hard shit. Some good, you know, doing club joints. But he had all of that. 
He could do shit for the females, turn around, do some hard shit, turn around, do some political shit. He could do a hit like How Do You Want It? But even in the two million cent selling hit, he talking about Bob Dole and he talking about, you know, see Dolores Tucker, mm-hmm. you a motherfucker. Now, you talking about this. You This joint is playing in a strip club, strip but it still got city. jewels in it. You see what I'm saying? It was the message. Right? He had the message. And, and, and I try to tell this to all the artists that I talk to, you know, is you can't never you can't outdo a proper message. I don't care how you spitting. I don't care what you saying. And Pac, he was just like uh, he was something they never seen before. He's like a political activist that knew how to make fly shit. He was a movie star. He was a and poet. his real life was crazy. And his real life was crazy. And that was another thing on the West, you know. You you gotta really be about what you're talking about. So you know the fact that his life was like that in real life, you know it was just a combination of perfect storm. And you know when he was rapping about things that, you know people wasn't rapping about. You know what I'm saying? Like he he introduced concepts that have carried on throughout hip hop, but he introduced them. Right. Is there a heaven for a gangster? That might sound simple. It's very complex. Is there a ghetto heaven? Is there some place for people who live in poverty, people who live like this? Is there some place for them people? You know what I'm saying? He just did too many things that people can't even really match. And he did it all before he was 25. Right. So mm. Snoop leaves death row. Yeah. Tupac passes away. Yeah. And then there's talk like it's the new, it's the next phase right. of death row. And then you go meet. Shug in prison. Right. Talk about that meeting. Man, I um, I, I fly to Sacramento because he locked up in Northern Cali. And we have to get in the car or truck. You know, and the truck has been sitting in this airport lot for six years. He just pays the parking bill because this truck, he wants this truck here every time somebody comes to visit him. He wants them to have access to this Yukon truck. So his truck has been sitting there for six years. Unkept. Uh, unkept. Dusty truck. You jump in it. You know, bomb-proof. Bomb-proof? Yeah, bomb-proof. Level four armor truck. We peeling up, you know, into the going to where he's locked up at, you know, and you see the gun towers. You see all the shit you see when you go into a, you know, a facility, a correctional facility. And... He's finally got contact visits at this point, so we could all sit at the table and talk. You know what I'm saying? So we sit at the table. He come out. He got a platinum chain on. That's the first thing that struck me. Because I'm like, how's this nigga got a platinum chain on in the penitentiary? You know what I'm saying? And he sits down, and a lot of people are coming up. Yo, thanks, Suge, man. My mom's got that TV, man. I appreciate that. You know, you know like everybody is coming up to him. And thanking him, you know, just left and right. And, you know, he's sitting down and we talking. And his wife, you know, at the time, Michelle A., she's like, you know, yo, this dude Crooked, he got this little joint that's playing on the, on the beat right now. That's crazy. So, Suge, like, what's up, man? What you want to do? I'm like, yo, man, I'm just trying to, you know, get my music out there, you know? Um he gives me this real spill about, you know, being famous and Grammys and platinum records. And I tell him, basically, I'm on a mission to get money. At that point, my whole lifestyle was based around getting my family out of the hole that they were in. Right. 
So that was the most <clears throat> important thing to me. And we sat and talked and we kicked it for a minute. And then uh, he was just like, yo, man, I think you're a star. And he said, I think you're a star. And, uh, you know, I want you to be down with the label. So th at this point, it was Dog Pound Records slash Death Row. Well, an argument broke out at the table. The same very same meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and the homies start arguing with Suge. The homies from Dog Pound Records. And, you know, they kind of dispersed and left. So that whole meeting went bad. Right. So I left and I didn't know what to expect. I get a phone call. They want you, Suge wants you to come back and see him. I go back up and see him. He like, yo, we're not doing Dog Pound Records no more. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, that's off. He's like, so you got a choice. You going to go with your homies or you going to come with me and let me blow you up? And I said, well, the homies, ain't out. they ain't even call me. Right. <laughs> you the only one that called me. Right. And he was like, all right. I was like, look, man, no disrespect to the homies, but, you, you know, you got Burger King and McDonald's. We all got different places we could go get jobs at. I'm, I'm staying right here. And dude was like, all right, cool. He cut me an amazing check. Arguably, I heard your, your deal was the biggest deal ever. Yeah. At Death Row. Arguably. The biggest deal. Arguably, and, and, and definitely the most paperwork-wise, my, my paperwork was way straighter than these deals today and deals that were going on at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? I owned all my publishing. Good for you. You know, um, the advances was right. The salary per you know, the monthlies was right. You was getting monthlies? Yeah. They, they built in monthlies in your deal? Yeah, that's that's man. you know I'm a lawyer, right? Oh yeah, 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 that's 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 not that's that's not heard of. Yeah. They don't give you no monthly. <laughs> you had a record deal, right? Well, Did they give you a little monthly. I had an independent. <laughs> but you know what was good about Suge, though? I mean, you know, people talk about all the bad shit, but as an executive, I, when he got out the penitentiary, you know, because we did our deal on a napkin, you know, we fucking. Was writing shit on napkins and passing it back Being like some TV shit. shit. Right. But um, <clears throat> when he got out of jail, one of the most incredible things about him was is that he was accessible. Mm. You know, I could be like, "Yo, Suge, man, I'm fifteen thousand short on finishing this project." You know, we got bills galore and studio and engineers and beats we got to pay for. He'd be like, "All right, come to my house." What's your relationship with Suge, man, right now? Um, it's pretty cool. Right. You know, it's pretty cool, man. He um he called me right before the whole incident happened. Um, a couple of days before that, we chopped it up, man. He was like, yo, what's going on, man? I'm glad you're still with the white boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he like, you know, because he really felt like M was somebody who could understand me right. lyrically. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and we just chopped it up, had fun, laughed and shit. Next thing I know, I'm looking at the news and he done ran over you know Terry Carter, rest in peace, right. and got in, got into some shit with Bone, and I'm Yo, like, how's wow. it feel, man? Like, like, like being down with Suge, man. And, and I know you talk a lot about loyalty, yeah. Particularly how loyalty and how your loyalty right. was tested at, at death row. A lot. Like, like, how's it feel, man, to see Suge from where he was to where he is right now, and how he is right now? It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. You know, he was the kind of dude that you would think had a billion dollars you know what i'm saying of course you know he didn't but that's how you felt you know because he had you know a house in beverly hills next to steven spielberg 
mansion in, in Malibu, two mansions in Calabasas, 60 cars, a building that houses all his cars. He was the only black dude that had a piece of property like that in Beverly Hills that he owned, you know, um, his where the office was at. You know what I'm saying? Um, he just had money coming out of everywhere. And and he lived that lifestyle. And it was like, you know, wow, to see where it's at now, I, I still don't believe it. I believe that he probably got like $15 million stashed away mm. somewhere. I, I could at never, le- at least, I could never Cause, believe cause that it was Shug so Knight much all the way broke. Right, definitely Nobody generated sell me so much. Yeah, they generated so much. But they you know, fed that city, man. Yo, bro, see, my whole thing is Suge brought together Crips and Bloods. Unheard of. That was unheard of at the time. And I'm Especially talking about, in hip-hop. I'm talking We're about not talking reputable about no. right. Crips and Bloods. Not no just dude out here that say, hey, I'm a Crip. No, this dude right here controls blocks and blocks. You know, that dude right there, he got 50, 100 dudes with him ready to go at any time. Like, reputable gang members, OGs, all at the round table working with Suge. He brought them together. You know what I'm saying? And a lot, he don't get no credit for that. I mean, I'm not here to be his PR man. Right, because, of course. you know, everybody do certain shit, do dirt, do, you know, I, I ain't trying to, Make them out like no saint because we all know what's happening with everything. But the man did a lot of good shit. Like when I was over there, I, we we went, man, we used to get a U-Haul truck and spend twenty five thousand on toys and take it to the sick ward or the hospital. We used to rebuild nurseries that burnt down in Compton. We used to do like the things that was being done. Nobody talked about that. You know what I'm saying? They only talked about the bad shit because it was bad shit going right, of on. Of course. I mean, it was shootouts at studios and shootouts at restaurants and shootouts at the office and shootouts and shootouts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and you talk <clears throat> you talk about how, you know, um, like especially from Long Beach, right? Coming from Long Beach, Long Beach didn't fuck with that for why not? Once Snoop left, like Long Beach was, it seemed like yo, we we'll we'll fuck with you for a little bit. You know what I'm saying, Shook? But it seemed like when Snoop left, everybody was like, "All right, that's it." Right. You know, and uh, so so there's a there's a history between Long Beach gang members and Compton gang members. Okay. There's a history there of of, of back and forth beef. So when you got Snoop and he got all these Long Beach gang members with him, and you got Shook and he got all these Compton gang members, that's you know, already a form. That's already something. So right. that's why the bar Long Beach and Compton together. Now you know you in trouble. That's why that bar was so impactful. A lot of people don't know, but that's why that bar was special because two cities that usually don't get along came together with the chronic and with that, you know, but yeah, he was, uh, Long Beach didn't fuck with him, man. And, you know, I was, I'm living in Long Beach. I'm on the North side and a lot of people, you know, they, 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 they tested me, you know, they, they put a hit on me. Really? Because yeah. you were- I know what it feel like to wake up with money on your head in real right. life. Because you, know you just because you were affiliated, just because I was affiliated with Shug. You, I remember in in the, in the brilliant documentary that you that you thank uh, you sir. produced, and did you direct that also? Yeah, that was me. The brilliant brilliant documentary, Life After Death Row. You talk about this one particular incident, man, where um, one of your homies got murdered, right? And the funeral is in Long Beach. Yes, and you got to go to the funeral, and you could tell cats is looking at. It was this around the time that you had the price on your head? Yeah. And you said you felt bad because you went to pay respect to your homie. Yeah. But you also had to be strapped. Yeah. And you had the Bible all in the church, man. Yep. That's true. I mean, you know, 
the crazy part about it is, is that it was this one homie we got too. They was disassured to the point where they made DVDs and reenactments of killing Suge on the DVDs and shit. And one of the dudes for Low Beach who played Suge was the first dude I seen when I came into church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, shit, here we go. But they look like they see the ghost when I walked in. Because right. like, who the fuck are you to be walking in here? Yeah, but it's like, yo, this my, this my homie too. Right. You know, I got love for this dude, man. You know, I'm coming here to pay my respects. And, you know, we sat on the sidewalk and some gangsters shed some tears. And we kind of, you know, kind of moved past a bunch of bunch of the bullshit. But it was a divided city. You know, when Snoop left Death Row, the city was very divided, you know. And uh, I'm just glad that that's over with, you know what I'm saying? Because it was real dark times in my life. And I made some decisions, you know, during those dark times that have stuck with me. You know what I mean? To this day, it took me like seven years to really get from under that dark cloud after I left death row. It took a lot, you know, a lot, man. But, you know, it was I left out of there without a scratch, man. And, you know, it's like I think, you know, God bless Tupac. I learned a lot from how he moved when he was on the label to how I was going to move when I, you know, being on the label. He kind of indirectly show me how to move in a room full of vultures. Like how? Like, Give us an example. Well, I mean, you know, if you buddy up too tough with the wrong crowd just because you're on death row now, you're going to easily fall into whatever politics they got in the streets. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm Buddying like, up with them is going to make, make you enemies with the other side. Exactly. You know, and you know, and it's like, you know, not only just that, just I knew why he was had a sense of urgency in his music. Because when you're on death row, you just feel like you could go at any minute. Right. That's your real feelings. Your real feelings is it wasn't just a label, bro. It was deeper than rap. And I could feel, I know why he had that sense of urgency. They said, you know, Tupac would go in the room and record one song and then he would go in the next room while that song's getting mixed and record another song and then come back after that, listen to that mix, put up another song. And people was like, you know, he works, he works, he works. And I feel like he, you know, you got that sense. I've worked with the same engineers who recorded all the Tupac stuff when I was on death row. And they always said, yo, you work just like Pac. But I know what it is. It's that it's that feeling of, you know, I got to get this out of me now. You don't know how much time you got. You don't know how much time you got. Yeah. See, you ever work with, with Tupac, man? No, I know Park was born and raised in Harlem. Yeah. He was born in Harlem and also Q-Tip, too. I think around 11th and several Adam Clayton Powell, Red Alert. I was right there, 113th, and Mike G. I remember when I first went to Red Alert House, and I was like, what up? And then this thing come out, he looked like Bill Cosby, and it was Mike G. <laughs> From the Jungle Room. Yeah. Right. And I said, oh, shit, like, I didn't know. Went to the crib with Red Alert, he had records in the oven. He had records everywhere. He was doing it, man. But Now, now you got a new deal, man. T- tell us about your new deal, man. Got, uh, over, over and we got to have you back, man, because, yeah. you know, it's one of those no, situations man. where we got yeah. like, so many people. People. I'm like, damn, man. Boy, like, <laughs> you, you're not going to cry, are you? Because well, you, you did the <laughs> No, no, but t- tell us about your situation, man. You're, well, you're serious. You're ser- serious XM Shady. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had this phenomenal shady. show for years. For years, oh, yeah. the, the, the all-out show yeah. with Rude Jew. Yeah. Y'all didn't get along? Well, um, try getting on the first three, four years is differences. You right. know what I mean? Like, we were put together. You know, I didn't know. He was from the Jenny Jones show. He didn't know my background. We didn't know each other's background. 
he's just a little more wilder. Like, you know, I guess, like, later on, started, you know, messing around with, uh, what is this, like, watching talk shows and, like, shit, like, he wanted the show to be more, not just music, but more of a talk show type thing. And I'm not, you know, I like, kind of like, where the music at? Right, you know right. what I mean? So you're we probably think the same thing right now, right? Yeah. Where like, the fuck is the music, yeah, combat? Yeah, I'm like, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna fuck sometimes we on the radio. I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, right. you know, but. So did it come to a point where y'all could not work together? After like uh, fifth, sixth year, it was, you know, is to get the money and go. Right, you know right, right. I mean? we, And y'all taped remotely? Uh, huh? Y'all, y'all saw the taping remotely, right? Yeah, no, well, it was, yeah, and then you, saw, you moved to L.A. Right. And then, like, you know, from there, boom, right. So how, tell us about the new show, man. Uh, 12 o'clock, 12 to 4, right after Sway, the Lord's Here special, you know, Porn Stars, our freestyle. I did something with Snoop Dogg. Really? We did something called Sexual Love Rappers, something I did back in the days um, when Stretching Bar, where a lady would call up, and it was a love rap, I called it the love rap. She'll call up, and I'd be like, hey, I'm kicking you with love rap. The love rap was... I'll tell her how beautiful she is and how she looks. And then I turn around and fuck the shit out of her in her mouth. And, you know, it was it turned to beautiful into porn and what I do to her. So I had Snoop Dogg open on that shit. I'm going to put on the podcast coming up this week. Now, that's dope, man. So, what's, what's the podcast, man? Uh, no, I mean, my, my, my man was SoundCloud. Okay, okay. SoundCloud. I need no, don't don't get me nervous, man. I, 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 don't I know, get me nervous. I Listen, know, there's so much going on right now. You guys. Yes. Fintech. And, and, yeah, King Tech. I forgot those King Tech, man. You got good hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than this man's hair. You, 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 you got good hair, too, man. Well, you know, Black Puerto Rican. I've never seen Sway's hair. I don't know if he has any hair. <laughs> What's Sway, Sway, Sway's hair like, man? Hey, man, we see it once every 10 years. Takes the hat off when he showers. You know, that's it. That's it. Now, now, you and Crooked have a show. Yes. Tell, tell us about the oh, show. Oh, okay. One shot. One shot, man. Um... Is that yeah. like a demo thing? Like, yeah, let, basically, dog, about. like, really? And I'm glad we could talk about this before we go because I definitely want to end on a positive note. Um, new show, One Shot. It's like an American hip-hop, I mean, American Idol strictly for hip-hop. Okay. You know, I got the idea because everywhere I go, people want to rap for me, like up-and-coming artists. They, they, I'm in the airport. Yo, can I kick 16 for you? I'm in the grocery store. The butcher's like, yo, can I kick 16? Damn. I'm like, so, you know, I'm like, damn, how can I help a lot of people? You can't help everybody. So I start thinking of what kind of platforms that I could build to try to help, you know, as many artists on the come up as I could. So I came up with the idea to do an American Idol for hip hop, strictly for hip hop. And, you know, I call my my family, Tech and Sway, who always, you know, been holding me down in my, my whole career, you know what I'm saying? And, and help me, you know, in a lot of ways get to the next level in my career. So I'm like, yo, you know what? I got this idea. I want to do it like this. Boom, 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 boom. And they're like, all right. So once, signed it. so once I got them and, and I knew that they was going to ride with me with it, I already knew that it was going to be something unstoppable, man. And, um, you know, here we are out here filming the last episode. Of the first season. Of the first season. How's the season looking, man? The season's looking good, man. Really? And it's on BET? BET. It will air um, oh, yeah. August 23rd. August 23rd. August 23rd. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. y'all. So now you get this TV money, man. <laughs> hey, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, hey. hey. you get this TV money, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, 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 who's who's the judge? Who's the judges? Uh, myself, King Tech, King Crooked, and uh, we have um, investor slash musician slash record label guy. So, like guests, guests. Oh, and we have guest judges. Oh, yeah, yeah guest we brought judges. RZA on. We brought Ti on. 
We brought DJ, Tech Nine on. DJ Khaled. DJ y'all got Khaled. y'all got to bring Sierra. Oh, y'all got to bring Sierra. Second season, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And we got you know Sway hosting it. Yes. We basically mm-hmm. we go city to city, right? And we looking for the new rap star. So we pull up in the city. We we had like five thousand people come out in Chicago. Jesus, how tiring you is that? That saying? shit is not that's, fun. That's that's not fun. That's not fun. You got to get down from five thousand to six finalists oh from each city. Oh my god! How do you pay so, attention to this? Yeah, exactly. How are you doing this? Ears is burnt. <laughs> you know what you I'm know, saying? You just like and for another yeah, yeah. fucking rapper comes in with bars. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. You get your breaks because you got people in there that sounds super silly. Right. So you know it's like all right, cool. I could take a break right now and yeah. just laugh at this <laughs> nigga right here. But uh, so this is like the American Idol <laughs> of hip hop. Exactly, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, so, so yeah, one dude just coming. Hi, we have Michael. He's next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's from California. He's new. <laughs> yo, that yo, Meg. And, yo. And so, so August twenty third. August twenty third on a Tuesday night. Weekly. You know what I'm saying? Weekly. Um, one shot. You know what I mean? Uh, one shot. One shot. You got one shot. I think this Damn. is going to blow, man. Thank it's, you, it's so dope, I, th- man. I think it's gonna and you and you're smiling. It's so it's like, dope. You're smiling, man. It's you don't so seem like dope, the type man. that smiles all the time, man. No, nah, I don't, man. But but you know, it's so dope, man, to see all that going down. Um, like you said, Chicago was off the chain, Chicago? man. Chicago? It was nine degrees. Really? And there was five five thousand people outside. So which which was the best city? So I mean, can you can you tell, man? Can you tell us? <sighs> man, which, my favorite the twist was Miami. Miami. You wouldn't believe you know. Again, being from the 80s, when you think of Miami, what do you think of? Cherry Curls and um, Big Lou, 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 you know, bass yeah, music. bass music. Like y'all, 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 y'all and Miami had the Cherry Curls, but definitely bass music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, nah, man, there was some dope-ass MCs, man. Wow. It was like, yo, this cat is killing it, wow. man. Dope. Yeah. Man, excellent, man. Well, guys, congratulations. You know I could go on. Forever. We got to have you back, man. I know. Is this one of the MCs that y'all on the TV? Yeah, he's right here. <laughs> this is actually the dude who won the whole shit, right? Oh, you know what? You know what? I got to mention so people can watch. Yo, the winner gets $100,000 in his pocket and a record deal. So, you know. From, nah, from, from, from what that. label? Nah, from, from from our label. From, 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 <laughs> you know what? From, from SMH label. Okay. And, uh, you know. It's dope though. I just man, dog, I can't wait till it comes out, dog. Y'all gonna y'all gonna really like right hip hop. It's gonna shift a little bit. It's gonna, it, like they say in this industry, move the needle, uh, move the needle. Move the <laughs> needle. Um, last question, man. Are we getting another slaughterhouse record? Hey, man. Let me say it like this. I'm always ready to go. Right. I'm always ready. See what happens with slaughterhouse is you got four dudes and you got to put, you know, you got to put about four months off your calendar. So you can really push it. You got to do the promo. You got to do, you know, the radio. You got to go tour a little bit, you know, to really push the project. So you got to get these four guys to say, hey, let me clear up four months on my schedule, you know, so we can all do it at once. You got Royce killing it with Prime, you know, and that Layers was ridiculous. You got everybody doing stuff. Joe's always doing something. Joe chasing kids with rocks and shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's, what's your weigh-in on him versus uh, Drake, man? What's, what's your weigh-in on him versus Drake, man? He's not like an angry fan to me, man. He just, he saw he mad at Drake because his views didn't sound like he wanted it to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> which, is, which is what's beautiful about Joe, man. Yeah, because Joe is going to come from a whole other perspective. It's right. like, you know, I'm not beefing with you. I'm just mad that you didn't sound how you were supposed to. <laughs> so, you know, now he's just doing all these raps and it's just crazy, man. But um, yeah, I I just think Slaughterhouse is uh, I think it's a a, a definitely a needed a much needed brand in hip hop. Yes, 
And you know, it's always it dope is, to man. have it M, is. to have M, you know, totally behind it. How's M doing, man? Man, M is M is. I love that dude, man. He's one of the most humble, down to earth mega stars I ever met in my life, man. You know what I'm saying? Would you say the same thing, sir, about M? Who's M? I'm not as my dude, man. He he, good people. Man. How is he as a as a quote unquote boss, man? Oh man, you know, it's weird because I met him in '97, '98. Like around that time, he's good dude, man. He's a jokeable dude, laughs. You know what I'm saying? Bugs out and shit, but he's very serious yeah. with his work ethic. And nah, he's he's dope, man, and a very good person. He's with probably him. working right now. He's a workaholic, mm-hmm. crazy man. And mm-hmm. He like he was the fifth member. Slaughterhouse, really, because he was putting in just as much work as we did on the album, you know, and I really appreciated that because I didn't know how I was going to be working with him on a record, you know? Right, right, right. Absolute last question for all of y'all tech. Yeah. Your top five. Ooh. MCs? Yes, sir. Of all time? Yes, sir. Currently. Currently. Of all time. (sighs) Honor of all time. Because you've been here. Of all time. Oh, man, Rakim. Yes. G-Rap. Um, I'll say Pac and Biggie for what they did. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the fifth guy, I think somebody that can actually do that style and be incredible now, um, is Black Thought. Mm. I mean, when I listen to Black Thought, I'm like, man, this guy has mastered the art always, form. Always underrated. Uh, yeah, and super he could do, underrated. He could do the best G rap. He could do. The he could best, do it all. He could do everybody. He could do it all, man. Yes, so um, it's a very, very solid top five. I like. Thank that. you, man. Crooked. Probably Rakim, Pac, MJ, Nas. Good list, sir. Uh, Rakim, G rap. Uh, what the hell is I saying? Yeah, M Nas and uh, damn man, what the hell? You got me up there. Oh, fucking. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Just going to say my and name, Spoonie man. G. <laughs> Spoonie G. Spoonie G. For real? No, I mean, you know, I don't know because it's some Harlem shit. Because, right. you know, He's one of the hustle Harlem niggas. Spoon- and them, them lyrics Spoonie, is for Spoonie real. Spoonie G set it off. Man, like um, Guy Fisher. Yes. For all that shit, you know, he would have played in his car. Yes. With 700,000 in his back, fucking in the trunk. There nigga. you go. Cash. <laughs> there you go. Listen, man, we got to do this again, man. We, All right. And I got to come to yeah. your show. You know, you know, I, I got a new show now on Sirius. I know. What, 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 what you doing? Man? I'm on Backspin right now. A weekly show called oh. Backstory. Saturdays uh. at, at three three p.m. Listen, I know you, you guys got to run. Thank yeah, you hey, so man, much. Listen, man, yeah. I always wanted to do your show, bro. We got we got to do I'm, it again. I'm glad that I got. To, the, we didn't even get this. We didn't even get into it, my dude. I, yeah, man. But Damn. at least I had the opportunity. I'll be. I'm a big fan of your show. Thank so you, man. For, to be here right now is dope to me. I really man, appreciate that. My, my Uber is outside about no, no, to no, bounce. Let's do this, man. <laughs> let's go take some, some pictures. Hey, yo, internets, man. You know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in Technicolor and surround sound. Blow. Thanks again, Internets, to this week's sponsor, Loot Crate, for supporting the Combat Jack Show. With Loot Crate, you get collectibles, apparel, and more from your favorite pop culture franchises delivered right to your front door every single month. All of this for less than $20 a month. Go to LootCrate.com slash combat and use promo code COMBAT for $3 off any new subscription. Once again, go to LootCrate.com slash combat and enter promo code COMBAT to save $3 on your new subscription. Fan bro out and geek out like a boss. Numenati!
This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production. Hey, yo, Internets, it's that time of the year once again. The A3C Festival and Conference is going down October 5th to the 9th, 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia. What up, ATL? If you haven't purchased your passes to this phenomenal festival, head over to www.a3cfestival.com and make sure you use promo code COMBATJACK10 to receive 10% off your festival passes. You never know who you might see out there, A3C. Some of your favorite artists, media personalities, you know, and so on and so forth. So make sure you head over to the A3Cfestival.com website and make it happen for yourself and for the culture.